One more time, put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. My name is Pastor Daniel Yao Enchi, and I'd like to welcome all of you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to preach something briefly, and then I would activate some blessings. Is it a good thing? Now, there's a story in the Bible. It's a very interesting story. And Jesus gave this parable in Luke. Give me Luke 15, verse number 11, book of Luke. And he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger one of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Please give me NIV so that I will break down the English. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Next verse. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a famine, a severe famine in that whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. Please underline it. He longed to fill his stomach with the pots that the pigs, the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's high servants have food to spare and there I'm starving to death? Is that in your Bible? I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your high servants. So he got up and went to his father. Please underline the word father and the line the word son but whilst he was still a long way off his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him he ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him the son said to him father i have sinned against heaven and against you i'm no longer worthy to be called your son but the father said to his servants quick bring the best robe and put it on him put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, verse 25, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he had music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. I want to ask you a question. It was his father's house. When he heard music and dancing, why did he call for somebody to come to tell him when it was his house? Number one, if you are approaching your house and there's music and dancing, do you call somebody to ask what's going on in the house? So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has he has him back safe and sound. And the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look. Someone said, Look. 
All these years, I've been slaving for you. God showed me this scripture. The guy is a son. He saw himself as a slave. Look, all these years, what has he been doing? Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor, get ready, get ready and listen. I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. He did, you see, you see, please listen to me. When you look at this scripture, you see what was actually going on. A father had two sons. One saw himself as a son. The other saw himself as a slave. One saw that what his father had was for him. The other saw that he was laboring as a slave for a tax master. One received instruction. The other one saw the instruction of the father as orders. His father was speaking to them. This guy's mindset was that he was a slave for the very thing he was, his father was building for them. His father was building a legacy for his children. Two sons only. Not three, not four, not five. And so whatever the father had, it was for both of them. And yet the guy saw himself as a slave in his own father's house. Isn't it amazing how all of us, although our father loves us, whatever God has is for us, we see ourselves as slaves. And so we don't pray until we have a problem. We don't give until the pastor tells us that something is following us, so we must give an offering for it. Because for us, God is not a father. We are slaves to him. That's how come when your pastor is not there, you can do, I press on towards the mark of the high calling. I press, I press, I press. So you are with a woman in the room. You've forgotten that you went there with your father. Then when the girl is saying, stop it, then you start singing, I will never give up. I will never give up. Yeah. You do everything and then, and, then, and then you're like, see, God is not looking for perfect people. He's looking for people who would call him a father. Someone said the heartbeat of God. You know, you know, look at what the guy said, verse 29. But he answered his father, look, all these years have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Order. So whatever the father was telling me, he saw it as an order, not as an instruction, not as an advice, not as working for his own good. You see, the Ten Commandments was written for you. The reason I said, have no other God before me, is because when you have too many gods, you'll be confused. When the breakthrough comes, which of the gods will you give to? When you have a problem, which one you forget? If you have 99 gods, which one are you calling? If you have 1,000 gods, which one are you calling? In India, some of the tribes, they worship cow. So they don't eat cow. Do you know what is called tolo beefy? Do you know what is called cow leg? When they use it for, for light soup, kotoje, that's how they call it. Hmm. You know, you who you like it with, with light soup. Have you tasted kotoje with granite soup before? That one, when you pick the bone, you can do. The feeling is too much that even when you finish and you use the bone and put it back in the soup again, the feeling can. Am I the only the only person in Zion? So why are you behaving like what I'm saying? You are not feeling it. (laughs) Hallelujah. And so God says, "Have no other God before me." In other words, I just want you to be focused, so that when I speak to you, you can hear. Praise the Lord. 
He said, but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you. And never dis- disobeyed your, your, your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Not with his father. But when this son of yours, this son, he was his brother. He didn't recognize him as a brother. Mm, he was his competition. This, look at it. Who has squandered your property? Not our property. Please, are, are, you, are you looking at it? The, father, the boy asked for his property, the father gave him. This one saw what the man had as the man's property, not theirs. And there are many of us, this is our problem. We come to God not knowing that He's a father. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, please listen to me. One of the secrets that I've come to know is that God wants to be a father unto us. God wants to be your In Proverbs chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says, Hear my son your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teachings. Hear my son your father's instructions. God wants to instruct us. Why? Because he wants the best for us. But when this your son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. Look at it, verse 31. That's where I will start my sermon. My son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. So the father is saying, you're always with me. You know those, you're always in my heart. You're always my son. But I cannot force you to love me. And I cannot force you to ask for what is yours if you would not want to ask. As long as you see me as a wicked tax master, I cannot love you and force you to love me. Then it is no more love. It is coercion. Listen to me. God doesn't care the way you dress. He doesn't care how you do your face. He doesn't care how you behave. All this spirituality too much. God doesn't care about it. As long as you don't have a personal relationship with him, he doesn't care. And please listen to me. When you have a personal relationship with God, I will not be the one to tell you not to do right or wrong. He will talk to you himself. One of the most vindictive and forgiving people are super spiritual sisters and brothers. They don't forgive at all, at all, at all. Because for them, they will give you scriptural reasons why. The father's heart is to show you unconditional love. I don't care how many abortions you've committed. Maybe you used to be like me. They used to call you popo. Whether you were called Popo King or Rasta, whatever name they called you, because that was my name when you called me. Uh-huh. <laughs> but no matter the name they called you, no matter who you are, what you've done or you've not done, because you know, some of you, you, God bless you, you didn't touch water. But those of us, we didn't touch water, we swim mad. God says, I still love you. If you will come to your own senses and make a choice that God is my father. God is what? My father. 
it's all this. All this. Fanfare. God doesn't care about it. I don't have a clothes address so I won't go to church. God doesn't care about you giving offering or not. When he gets your heart, he can get everything. Bros, my mother used to say I should go to church. I said, they hypocrites. These people. Me, I'm hungry in the house. My auntie won't give us food. He will take the money to church. What nonsense. I don't want to go there. You see, God will deal with us individually. Leave the person. Follow him. When I followed him, my life is the better. That my auntie is dead. What if I joined a bad company and was lost and I died before my auntie died? Well, I have seen that God will use me for this. Today, people want me to eat in their home. I don't even want to eat. Flex me too much. When I came there, eh? I used to wash people's clothes. It was a reason for me to start doing Rasta. But God wants you. God cares about you. He wants to be a father to you. Someone say, God wants to be a father to me. Why does God want to be a father to you? Time magazine research says that the presence of a biological father in a family will determine the success and happiness of a child. God is saying maybe your biological father may not be in your life. But allow my presence to be with you because I can determine your success irrespective of who took care of you or did not. Two brothers, one father, they grew up in the same house. Listen to me, I've read this scripture many, many times. Until this dawn, God showed me this scripture. Do you know that that boy was well-groomed to the degree that even though he went to feed the food of the swines, of the pigs, he, the Bible says he longed to eat some, but nobody gave him. Why didn't he steal to eat? Because he's coming from a well-groomed home. He would not steal if you would not give him. The reason why a father, God, God, God is a father in a family, is because fathers give identity to their children. The culture and the philosophy of a child is, is programmed by the father. That's why he says, receive the instruction of a father. God wants to instruct you. So that when you are faced with difficulties, you will not compromise on your values as his child, but you recognize his place in your life. Should I preach? Do you like what I'm preaching? Yeah. I've read this scripture. You know, they told us that he ate some of the food until he came to himself. Didn't we read? Didn't they tell you that in, in No. Today was the first time I saw that he didn't eat. He says, put the scripture there. He says, no man did give him. He longed to fill his stomach. Nobody gave him, yet he did not take. Because he was coming from a home where he recognized that he has a father. He's been groomed well. Two brothers have been groomed. One saw the grooming of his father as punishment. So whenever his father says, go and work, his father was teaching him work ethic. He saw it as slavery. Work ethic. He saw it as slavery. Same brothers in a family. One person saw work ethic as slavery. Luke 15, verse number 16. He longed to fill his stomach with the pots that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. He longed for it. They didn't give him. And he didn't eat it. Child of God, listen to me. God 
wants to help you. And sometimes he permits that nobody will help you. So that you recognize his place in your life. You want to write down some things. You see, God always gives instruction and yet he doesn't tell us why. Do you know that God said to the Jewish people when they were leaving Canaan that they shouldn't eat any fish without scales on it? Hello? Do you know why? He didn't tell them why. But scientists have discovered that fishes without scales on them, they have high percentages of mercury in them. The catfish people have been eating. And mercury is the number one cause of cancer. So God was saving his people. But they didn't know. So it's not everything you would understand. Please listen to me. And so God, based on a heartbeat, he gives a law. He gives his children laws. You see, listen to me. God wants us to obey him. You know, the Bible says there was none feeble among the Jewish people. They are not eating mercury. Really, do you know mercury is one thing that is responsible for insanity? Mercury. To know be a more damn with Jewish phone. You see, laws create culture. Laws is what creates society. Any place where there's lawlessness, laws don't work, it cannot be a society. Culture is a way of life. So, so when we say community, it's, it's, it, it comes from two words. A people who commune or are united towards one law. This will be the standards by which we will live our life. You see, God, when he gave us the scriptures, or what we call the word of God, what actually he did was that he gave us laws by which we will live our life, standards that we will measure truth from. So he says, honor your father and your mother. He didn't say obey them. He didn't say love them. He says honor. He says, no matter what they do, honor. He didn't say obey because some of you, your fathers, they are insane. But he says even if your father is insane, honor him. In other words, don't dishonor your father. Don't, don't stand somewhere and just say nonsense about your father. Don't dishonor him. Don't go out there and, and open up all his weaknesses to people. Don't. It's a sign of dishonor. Honor him means honor. Someone say honor. And when you honor your father and your father doesn't treat you well, God says, I am the father of the fatherless. So, when he feels his responsibility as a father, God takes over what he should have done and he plays on you the honor, the blessing that you deserve. Listen to me. He says, honor your fathers. But yet he says, I am the father of the fatherless. So, when you honor the man as a father and they don't recognize that they are fathers and they treat you like a husband, God says, I will assume but he will not assume to be your father if you disobey him. <sighs> you see, God gave the people the law because the law was for nation building. Israel was going to be built as a nation. So God was giving them. So he wanted them to be a community. Amen? Because every nation must have a standard by which they measure right and wrong. And then there must be an ultimate authority. God wants you to know that he is first a father and he must be the ultimate authority. Because he knows you have dreams. And it will be a negative dream. Somebody will tell you something. Somebody will say, mm, I saw that you are de- 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 negative. He says, let me be the ultimate authority by which when I speak, that is what prevails. And except I am a father unto you, and you submit yourself to obey my instructions, 
you will be with me but you will never benefit from the blessings that i've made available unto you am i preaching you see the father said please bring a new garment what was he asking for a new identity because fathers give identity god wants you to identify by him he wants you i get what i'm trying to say god wants you to be identified by whenever you go you tell somebody i am a child of god god is my father i cannot be disadvantaged give me this day my daily bread is it not jesus who prayed that prayer jesus was teaching the people how to pray he says this is the way you should pray our father why jesus wants us to understand that we approach god from a point of relationship god is first a father there was a jewish man with a son and in tel aviv they were at a washroom and the father said to him from this day when i tell you something say abba do you know the meaning of that word it it doesn't mean daddy it doesn't mean daddy the word abba means i submit and obey you sir it's like submitting to authority so when our spirit calls him abba father it means i have submitted to you my daddy abba father he puts those two words in how do you say daddy daddy no abba father in other words i i have submitted in obedience to your authority my father so you are father to me but i'm not a vagabond son god wants us to call him our abba father in other words i have submitted to your authority my father praise the lord why is he so let's go there he gave him a garment someone say garment you see in in arabia garment represents a sign of prestige and status it expresses royalty wealth and positioning garment it's a sign of prestige and status it expresses royalty wealth and positioning so when the father said this change he's saying that he says my son was dead he's now alive he must be repositioned when a person is dead he's disconnected from the source says now restore did you see that when Messi won the World Cup, the Emir of Qatar came and put a garment of honor on him? It was a sign of status. The, what it represented, Messi represented the end of celebration and the release of the, of the Arab, Arab cultural influence. Yeah. When they interviewed the man, he said that was the meaning. That people come have come all over the world to celebrate and that guy before he will lift the cup of celebration he had been given honor he was wearing the garment see there is a garment called the garment of righteousness yeah. all of us are wearing that garment that wherever i show up there's not what i did in the past there's a new garment on me we have a signet ring it's a symbol of authority child of god you've been given authority that at mention of the name jesus every knee shall bow that is the ring you have it's a symbol of authority every child of god here there's a symbol of authority you have it's the name of jesus you are named by the name of the lord the bible says the name of the lord is a strong tower the righteous run it unto it and they are saved child of god the heartbeat of the father is that no matter how far we go, Kingsley, come home. No matter. You will come home. Brothers and sisters, God is not looking for perfect people. 
He's looking for people who obey and submit to his authority. That's all. You see, God is our source. God is our sustainer and nourisher. Write it down. God is our progenitor. P-R-O-G-E-N-I-T-O-R. Progenitor. It means from his genes are we connected. Our genes are connected to God's genes. That's why when there's a sickness in your body and you eat the communion, whatever it is can be recorrected and replaced. God is a progenitor. God is our source. Whatever joy, whatever peace, whatever praise, God is our source. Praise the Lord. God is our teacher. God is our sustainer and nourisher. God is our protector. In the book of Genesis, when God created the Garden of Eden, the Bible says God put the man into the garden for which he had created. And at the cool of the day, God will come in and visit man. You see, Eden was not just a physical garden to house man. It was a representation of the ideal environment where man is designed to thrive. He put everything in the garden and he gives him instruction. This one, don't eat. Married man. God gave you all the girls. Now that you are married, he said, this one, don't eat. Turn to your neighbor and say, this one, don't eat. Don't eat. This one, don't eat. Hallelujah. The word eating means a delightful spot. It means what? Number two, eating means a doorway to heaven. Someone say, doorway to heaven. It is a place where God's presence dwells. The heartbeat of the Father is that He will dwell with you. His presence will abide. Oh, no, no. God's pre- when God's presence is there, darkness cannot come near. God wants to have chat with you. Child of God, what am I saying? What I'm saying to all of us, talk to Him like you're talking to your brother. You know what I'm saying? Like you desire for a perfume and God brings specifically what you need. Before you ask, He will answer. Whilst you are at it, child of God, I'd like you to close your eyes and pray. God's heartbeat is that he will know you. Is that he will have a relationship with you. Is that, is that you will come into the saving knowledge of Christ. Wherever you are, stand to your feet. You want to pray. You want to pray. The heart of God is that his people will know him. The heart of God is that he will cultivate a better character in you. He wants to help you improve things. Maximize your potential and resources. The heartbeat of God is that, is that he will protect you from all forms of oppressions of the devil. Ha! Ah, lift up your voice and pray. Jesus praying said in John 14, 16, And I'll pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. The heartbeat of God is that we will be protected from all forms of the devil and be comforted on every side. The psalmist says in Psalm 32, verse 7 to 8, You are my hiding place. He will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. The heartbeat of God is to protect us and surround us with songs of deliverance. He wants you to be joyful. God's heartbeat is that we will receive instruction so that we will be distinguished among people. He said, my son, hear the instruction of thy father. And forsake not the law of thy mother. He says, for there shall be an ornament of grace unto thy hair. And chains about thy neck. God wants you distinguished. And he wants you to prosper. Lift up your voice and pray. In Proverbs chapter 4 verse 11 to 12 he says, I will guide you in the way of wisdom. I will lead you in the upright path. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. And when you run, you will not stumble. 
Child of God, lift up your voice and pray. Talk to God in the name of Jesus. And say, Lord, I come. I submit myself to your authority and leadership. I may not understand everything. But I submit myself to you. Help me to be all you want me to be. Help me to grow. Help me to be all you want me to be. Grace me on every side. Ah, the heartbeat of the Father. Is that you will get to your destination. That whatever you begin, you'll be able to complete it. He said in Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 31. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son. All the way you went until you reached this place. God wants to carry you on the wings of the eagle. He wants to guide you and bring you to that desired place of honor. Raise your hands. Begin to talk to God and say, Lord, I give you my life. I give you my soul. I yearn for you alone. Every breath that I take. Every moment of my life. Heavenly Father, have your way. Somebody open up your mouth and pray. 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 Lift up your voice. In John chapter 15 verse 9. He said, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. God wants us to abide in his love. He wants us to know he loves us. In Jeremiah 31 verse 3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. The father doesn't want us to worry. The father doesn't want us to focus on the problem. His focus is that our life will bring glory to him. Lift up your voice and pray. So in Philippians 4, 6, he said, Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Lord, every breath that I take, Every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way. Raise your hands to heaven, Lord. I give you, oh, I give you my soul. I yearn for you, alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, I'm awake, Lord, have your way. I hear you want to rededicate your life to God. You want to renew your relationship with your father. God wants a relationship with you. Wherever you are, you just want to pray the sinner's prayer. Pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. I am sorry for the sins I've committed. This day, I renew my relationship with you. You are not looking for a perfect person. You are just looking for a child who recognizes you as his father. 
this day I receive you as my Lord my personal Savior and my Father accept me as your son forgive me of my sins write my name in the Lamb's book of life in Jesus name Amen and Amen Amen put your hands together for the Lord